0: Hello, everyone. I'm Kathy Bixel, and I'd like to warmly welcome you to the Kathy Bixel podcast. Today, we are once again going to be looking at how to pray victoriously. If there has ever been a time or a season where we need to know how to relate to our Heavenly Father, how to, through that relationship, secure the blessing, the mercy, and the necessary Uh, life and deliverance that we need in the times we are living in, it is now. And so I am anxious today in a godly kind of anxious way to um, just minister to you and continue to help you along those lines. But first of all, I wanted to just thank those of you that have contributed to Kathy Bixel Ministries in this season. As you know, we are not a ministry that extends any calls for financial help. Uh, typically, when we do uh, missions work or mission projects uh, like we have done in Cuba, Africa, other nations of the world, we uh, we kind of extend those for lack of a better word, fundraising opportunities. But generally, um, I, was, I was taught and came from the school of how to live by faith. My, my um, first mentor was Kenneth E. Hagan, and um, he taught us how to live by faith. And we move with the Spirit and we trust Him. We are not into manipulating people um, and giving any woes or uh, sob stories. We just trust God. And and we have seen the Lord do um, such wonderful miracles through the life of this ministry financially. But I do want to just encourage you, I know that this is a season, and not only for our ministry, um, but in terms of giving, but in to have a heart of generosity in this season. You know, we have to know how to move in the opposite spirit that the world is moving in. I don't want to take too much time here, but I felt led by the Holy Spirit to, to encourage you along this way, simply because I experienced just the 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 heart of the father in this myself this week in that you know in a in a time like this where everyone is hoarding and fearful around their financial life the tendency is to to you know to tighten our hands and not be as generous in my book the radical rising remnant i devote a whole chapter uh i believe to the to the radical generosity that is going to be the hallmark of the rising remnant in the earth in this hour, that we will be a people that know how to radically trust God, but also radically give when it looks like in the natural we shouldn't be giving. Uh, Last week, I purposed, Uh, there's certain, you know, a certain time where I sit down and, um, you know, listen to the Lord about how we want to give and bless others, even in the midst of our own needs uh, often. And uh, the Lord never ceases to amaze me. And So the Holy Spirit put this uh, figure for me to write out a check to a brother I know has to be in need in this season. You know, and this is what I love, and I used to teach my church, if we all listen to the Holy Spirit everybody's needs would be met. It would be remarkable to me to know that I would be praying and have a family on my heart only to find out the next week that someone had written them a check or given them cash anonymously. It wasn't even that I had to take care of everybody's needs. The Holy Spirit was using the church to meet each other's needs. And I think we need to have faith for that. But that does require that we all know how to hear from the Holy Spirit. But anyway, so I wrote out the check. I put it in an envelope, stamped it, was on my way to the post office. Um, yes, even in the time of a lockdown, because if God says go to the post office and mail someone a check, that's what I'm going to do. And I certainly wasn't going there in a crowd. I was bringing divine life with me into that post office. And so um, actually on my way. I get a text from someone and they say, um, You know, could you meet me at this place? I have something that I want to give you. And I could, I, I could believe it. As I was on my way to send that check to, I knew a brother, another fellow preacher of the gospel that was, I knew would be in need to just bless him and his wife. I received a check. On the way for the exact same amount I had just put in that envelope. And I am rejoicing at just the Father once again showing me how faithful He is. So, we like many, um, many other ministries in this season, we, you know, we're we're not doing many meetings, we're not doing all those other things where we'd have the opportunity for people to give. So whether it's Kathy Bixel Ministries or it's your pastor's ministry or another parachurch ministry, just ask the Lord. And I'm trusting the Lord because now look at that. I've got more seed to give again. So if you want to bless us here, please go to Kathybixel.com. And you can uh, hit the donate button there and it will direct you how to give. But also, please take the time to subscribe to our uh, e blasts, our emails, and correspondence that goes out, just so that you can stay in touch with us in this time to know when we're going to be doing a Zoom call or a live broadcast. Or uh, any upcoming meetings when we are allowed out of our homes again, um, and also so that you can stay in touch with us uh, just in general. Okay, all right. Now that we're done with that, all right. So last time we were together, I I uh, and I suggest that if you if you have not listened to episode one of. Um, praying victoriously, a victorious praying that you will uh, please listen to that because we are going to pivot off of that first episode and we talked about how the, I had an encounter with the Lord where He beckoned me to look at look at Jesus to look at Him and behold Him, and uh, we we used as a reference um, the story in Numbers twenty one where Moses was instructed by the Lord to put the snake when the when the people of Israel were being uh, were being judged because they had sinned against the Lord under that old covenant they had sinned against the Lord and the snakes were sent into their midst. And Moses was authorized by God, given a word by God, to put the snake on a pole and hold it up, and everyone who had the poison in them, which I likened unto the poison of sin, everyone who had the poison in them would look up, look up to that brazen that brazen serpent in the wilderness, look up, and they would be healed. So what I want to point out today and emphasize today is another key. Last week, we we talked about the importance of the blood and recognizing the sacrifice of Jesus, which will be a, a thread through all of our teaching on how to pray but in the season. But particularly, what I want to see is point out the difference between relating to God and prayer, certain aspects of prayer under the old covenant versus under the new covenant. In the old covenant, they were men and women were authorized by the Lord at times. They had specific authority given them. Moses was given a word by God and we see the template or the example or a type of how through most of the old covenant people received deliverance God where God intervened with men and women in the earth because that is God's plan is to move in the earth and he 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 desires to move through his people in the earth but in the old covenant People, the prophet, the priest, and the king were anointed and given authority to lead the people, and in other uh, stories of deliverance, God would give a word to a leader, a judge, a, a priest, a prophet, a king, or someone— by his choosing, and he would tell them to go in the name of the Lord. They would get a word from the Lord, they would implement that word, execute it, and God would be with them because he was authorizing them in that deliverance. We see that with Moses. We also see that with, um, with. Uh, David, when David went before the Philistine, he said, you come with spear, with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Why? Because God had authorized David, had had Samuel go and pour that anointing on him. He was in a place of authority to destroy the Philistines we see that again uh, there's another portion of scripture 2nd chronicles 33:18 i'm just giving you two here where the seers would come and speak to the king it says the seers would speak to him in the name of the Lord. So what you see in the Old Covenant is you see the authorization, the heavenly authority being imparted to these individuals that would be raised up and they would, they would bring victory to God's people in God's name for God's purposes against the enemies of God. Amen? But now in the New Covenant, Now, in the new covenant, we have Jesus Christ, King of the universe, who it says in the book of Revelation, I am he that liveth, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive. I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. Jesus is the King of the universe. He has the keys. That keys are symbolic or a type of authority. He said, I have authority. And so what we see happens in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, just as Jesus is ready to ascend, just before he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, he says to all those gathered there, all power is given to me. In heaven and the earth. And after he says that, he immediately delegates, you can read it there for yourself. He immediately delegates that authority to his church. And he's it's no longer just one person. Now God anoints people and authorizes people in fivefold offices for, for, for specific purposes and imparts anointings for specific purposes. But now the whole church, that every person who calls on the name of the Lord and is born again and becomes a born again, Christian who is be, who is brought out, bought by the blood and brought out of the darkness into the light and has been raised up out of sin into salvation at the right hand of the Father. He is in Jesus. Jesus is in him. Positionally, we are seated at the right hand of God. Every one of us now has received the delegated authority to go and he said go and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name we have now been authorized to go in the name of Jesus and that that name it says in philippians that god gave him a name jesus That is, above all names and at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue confess. Jesus told us in John chapter 16, verse 23, that in that day, what day was he talking about? The day when he wouldn't be here, but his spirit would be here. In our day, in that day, we would no longer ask him for anything as his disciples were asking him for things when he was there in that time. But he says, very truly, and very truly. I love when Jesus says, very truly. That means it's true, and it's really true, that you, that you, uh, he said that, I will tell you that my Father will give you whatever you ask, what, it, what does he say? in my name. So as we talk about praying victoriously, about approaching the Father and, and and praying and decreeing and speaking the word, it is an authority. We come because we have authority in the earth to change the things that are happening, that are That are from the spirit of death. Jesus said, I have come that I might give you life. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he came in the name of the Father. The Father authorized him. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus, even before he went to heaven and even before the cross and his resurrection, he In Luke, it tells us that he anointed the 70. He imparted an authority spiritually to them that they went out and they did signs and wonders and came back rejoicing that they had even cast out demons and healed the sick. This was a foretaste. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he would destroy the works of the devil. And in Acts 10.38, the scripture says that Jesus, how God anointed, inherent is that word, anointed, is authority. How God anointed Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So when we talk about victorious praying, It is coming by the blood because Jesus made a way, but it is next having an understanding of the authority that is given us because of Jesus. What does that mean? That means that there's a dark kingdom operating in the earth. There are spiritual forces that are against the will of God, and Jesus says, that we have that authority. He's given us the keys, the authority to have dominion over that kingdom. Now, when we are not sure and we are conflicted about what is, what is God's will and what isn't God's will, that affects our faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And the first thing that has to happen as we, I had someone call me yesterday and said, how are you praying about this virus? Now, what I want to say to you, as for Kathy Bixell and my house and for this ministry, we are choosing in this season to do what the Lord said for us to do that is confirmed in the scripture and through a lifelong of study of the word, that in this season and in every season, I look to Jesus. Because if I don't look to Jesus and the opportunity he has given me to come to the throne of grace and to look to him, all I have left is a cry for mercy based on my own righteousness. Because if I don't have Jesus who bore the sins of the world, who was, whose body was deformed and mutilated by all the cancers and diseases and sicknesses and the consequences, all those those, the punishment that we deserved for sin, if he did not take that, then I am going based, I have to approach God like they did in the Old Testament. I have to go to God and scream out for mercy so that someone can go in and make a sacrifice that God, I will somehow make myself worthy enough to have my prayer answered. But that is not the new reality I live in. The reality that I live in is this Savior, Jesus Christ, has not only taken away my sin and bore upon his body, this, listen to me, he was bruised for our iniquities, he was punished he was punished. Jesus' body was mutilated from the weight of sin. Jesus said in the garden, let this cup pass from me. What was the cup? The cup of suffering, of having to vicariously have to take the place of the people of the earth in that time, present, past, present, and future that had sinned, had broken God's commandments, had broken God's laws, and deserved to be punished, deserved plagues, deserved sickness, deserved disease, deserved broken fellowship with God. But he took it upon him. And then on top of that, not only did he take it upon him, He then went ahead and authorized me as cleansed, as washed, as made holy, as being, he being the firstborn of many brethren, he made I become a little Jesus. I become anointed, I become a daughter of God, and I now am anointed and authorized now to go in the earth. I am now part of his mystical body. The head is in heaven, the body is in earth, and I am to do as part of his body what the body did, the head and the body did when it was both here in the planet on the planet. And what was it? We just established he went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. So now who am I and who are you? We are authorized to to stand and live in a planet that is that is reeling, from the rebellion and the sin and the darkness that is in this world system. And now I am authorized to come and preach the gospel, to be a preacher of righteousness, just as Noah was in his day. And I preach the gospel, and that gospel is to the people in the earth that are subject still to the curse that is in the earth. Jesus took the curse of the law on his body. But but what we need to recognize is that these... See, what happens... I know I get fired up here, and I sound like I'm not taking a breath, but that's the preaching anointing <laughs> on me, and I'm supposed to be doing a podcast, and it's not very podcasty, but I'm not going to apologize. But listen, what happens when we start to rationalize in our human understanding why bad things happen we can come up with some some theology that that undermines our faith and this is this is what my focus is i'm not talking about all these other extraneous things that are being said out there People that are sure that this is absolutely sure that God is doing this. People that are not quite sure that he is doing it, but know that he can for sure help us. And then there are those that that aren't even praying because they're dealing with it on a total natural level. I'm speaking to those of you who want to know how to position your family, your home, how to pray for your neighbors, how to pray for those that are already bitten by this snake. And that is that we have to have an understanding that this world is cursed, it's broken, that these plagues and pestilences and earthquakes and storms, when these things come, we right away start saying that God is sending these to punish us, and the punishment is is inherently or logically then based upon all the sin that people in the earth are committing. Now, what I see my Bible is my set. My Bible says that there is. In Matthew 24, we're going to read it that Jesus told us that these things were going to happen. These, these are, if there's one thing I know for sure based on the word of God is that the coronavirus, it's a birth pang. Jesus, this is a birth pang. And we're, we're going to have some more pangs because the closer that we get to Jesus coming back, the more frequent these birth pangs are going to be and we need to be equipped as Christians. We need to start to start coming off of a diet of just motivational messages that keep telling that are telling us how everything's going to be okay. God is good. You can make it. And all that stuff is true. Please understand my heart. I am not saying that that is not even necessary or it's not good but not at the expense of equipping people on how to stand in the evil day, how to stand firm when the world is shaking around us, because Jesus said it would shake, because the closer Jesus and his glory gets to it, to come back with it and to create a new heaven, to bring a new heaven and a new earth with a, the millennial mess- messianic reign of Christ that the Bible tells us will happen, this earth is going to shake and the consequences of sin. It is not, see, if we have this theology that assigns these things to the heart of God, something deeply, something's deeply off for me because God's whole purpose in even sacrificing his one and only son Think about that is to free us from the power of this darkness, which is the consequences of sin. See, we only get delivered from the consequences of sin when we be when we get in Jesus. That's why we preach the gospel. We tell the world, you don't have to be subjected to poverty sickness disease and the consequences of sin you could come into christ you could come into the ark and you can be saved you can have deliverance you can feast on his body and his blood just as they did in the passover prophetically you can feast on him and where he said to remember me when we take the blood and the, the when we take communion when we feast on the body and the blood of jesus it is remembering that he took on himself the sins of the world. If we do not have an understanding and we believe that God's will is to punish people with the coronavirus, it's his punishment on them, then my, my gosh, where do all we're left with is the mercy of an Old Testament theology. We need to think about it, because if not, how could we stand and tell people to rebuke something we believe that God is sending? This is not one thing I know, and listen, I am not the expert on all things. I am not here to... Uh, point out what somebody else is saying. I am saying through revelatory dreams, through the revelation of the Word of God, through my history with God and my history of the studying of His Word. We are relating to God in this season based on the sacrifice of Jesus. And so now we can go as light bearers. We can bring them, give them the good news. We could lay our hands on them. We could cast out the devils of fear. We can bring them messages of hope that God loves them and God cares for them, but also bring them the message that they have to make a decision. They have to make a decision. This is the harvest time. This is where people have to make a decision. God, yes, loves them, but they need to come into the ark. But we need to know where this is originating from. And this originates from hell. This is the devil is over the world system. The only deliverance that comes into the earth is the the deliverance that God's people bring into it. And I want to be a deliverer. You want to be a deliverer. My sweet friend yesterday who called and said, how do I pray? I'm telling you now how you pray. You come by the blood and in the name of Jesus, and you take authority over the works of darkness. You take authority over sickness and disease. You read the Gospels and you watch what Jesus did, how Jesus reacted to sick people, how Jesus reacted to demonized people. And try this one, how Jesus reacted to a storm that was sent that was trying to kill he and his disciples as they try to cross over in a missionary assignment to free a demoniac, a demonized man on the other side to, to minister into a city on the other side of the lake Jesus sat in that boat. The scripture tells us he sat in that boat, laid asleep in that boat when the storm came and that storm came to stop the movement of the spirit of deliverance. It stopped, tried to stop the deliverance. I don't see and read that Jesus stood up in that boat and Jesus said, oh, this storm must be a punishment for who sinned. All right. Who, you know, this storm, this must be the issue, right? But Jesus stood in the boat and he knew the origin of that. And because those disciples were in the boat with him, they were safe. You just have to get in the boat with Jesus. You just have to get in the boat with Jesus. And yes, when we sin, We open ourselves up to the consequences of sin. And that is what is happening in the earth. There is the law of sin and death that is in the earth. But thank God, the Apostle Paul said, we have been redeemed from the law of sin and death. And now we have the spirit of life. Listen to what Jesus said. If you need to know anything, and this this is all you need to know, you need to know what Jesus said in Matthew 24, and then my blessed brothers and sisters, you need to go and start preaching the gospel. You need to start laying hands on the sick. You need to start speaking to people on the phone that have this virus and commanding health to come into their body. And see what happens is when we have an experiential faith, in other words, or not an experiential faith, when we have an experiential paradigm to the truth of the word of God, in other words, I'm going to based on what I'm going to base my beliefs on what I see happening with other people, we will never walk in truth. Because we don't know why somebody else didn't get healed. And if I start doing what I do based on what someone else what happened to someone else, I can't form my belief and my relationship with God on that. So yes, there are people that are dying, but I believe... I was up the Lord woke me up I I was up in a watch last night from 3 to 4:30 I was standing at the window of my office decreeing and proclaiming that the that the spirit of death will not come into my community that the spirit of death will will be halted in the name of Jesus because I know where that plague is coming from it is the wrath of the enemy it is the wrath of the darkness loving to afflict the people of the earth, to destroy them, because that's the devil would love nothing better than to destroy whole nations. But we have a savior of the nations who is ever interceding. Think about this. Jesus is at the right hand of the father, interceding for us still as a high priest that the sins not be held against us because of his sacrifice. So I tell you to go in Jesus' name. Praying victoriously is going in the name of the Lord, in the name of his righteousness, the name that he has given you. Listen to this in in Matthew 24. He says here, and actually I'm going to read in verse 3, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And notice there were only four of them there that he was speaking to. Number one, he said, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ. In other words, uh, I think it's Brian Simmons' translation, the, uh, the Passion Translation, not Brian Simmons' translation, the Passion Translation says, many are coming and saying they're anointed, okay, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars, and you will hear of rumors of wars, but see to it, this is what Jesus told us to do now, see to it that you are not alarmed. Other translations say, don't panic. You say, what do I focus on, Kathy, in this season? Number one, don't panic. Don't fear. Don't submit to the fear. The spirit of fear is not from God. Don't be afraid because Jesus is going to tell you all this stuff is going to happen. It's supposed to happen, but I am going to enable you to triumph when it happens so that you could not only be saved and delivered in it, but that you can help others in the earth that's the heart of god god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son god didn't just love me because i'm holy or i'm perfect or i'm fasting enough or i'm praying enough or i'm you know i'm i'm doing everything perfectly no he loved the world he loved the world before I even sinned. He loved me to provide an escape. And then he says here, such things must happen. The end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. We're seeing that happen. And kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. And then you will be, he goes on to say how they will be handed over to those who will persecute them, put them to death. And he says here in verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And we have seen that happen. But to you, disciples, He who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Amen? So this, and then he goes on to say, uh, in verse 36, I, I just caught a glimpse of this, he says, as in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. He talks about what it will be like just as it was before the flood. And so here at Kathy Bixell Ministries, my passion, my empowering, uh, based on my call and our assignment here, is that we want to be those who set people free from the darkness. We want to come with a message not only of the hopes of the gospel, That is in the Greek, it's the word hopes, or in the Aramaic, it's not only the hope of the gospel, it's the hopes of the gospel. There's hopes in the gospel. Freedom from sickness, poverty, disease, strife, anxiety, fear. That is all the hopes of the gospel. But we are committed to strengthen God's people to know how to stand in this hour. We've got to step out. We have to start having a balanced diet. We need to open this Bible and start reading the epistles again over and over, starting to see where we are admonished by the apostolic fathers to stand firm in our faith, to stand firm, to gird ourselves with truth, to have a a knowledge that there is a spirit spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places that assaults us every day. There is a demonic headquarters that sends out assignments on who to kill, who to destroy, but we have been lifted into the third heaven spiritually positioned With the Son, uh, it it is a man seated. It is a glorified man seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority and power. And he has given that to me. He has shared that I'm a partaker. I am a joint heir with him. Oh, well, I could probably preach another hour, but I am going to spare you since maybe you want to listen to somebody else's podcast after mine. But I want you to pray in faith, and we uh, here at Kathy Bixel Ministries, we are going to be having some prayer, some um, virtual prayer things that you can connect with, some prayer events that you can connect with. And when we do, I want you to to log on. If you needed to repent, be repented. If you know, if you needed to confess. Have come on having confessed already and come in the confidence and the authority of God's delivering power for our nation. Our nation needs the church now. Amen. We love you here at Kathy Bixel Ministries. We really do. Please pass this podcast on. I was so excited to hear the many um uh the, the, the many notes and things I got last week, continue to share them, send them to your friends so we can all get on the page of deliverance, the page of power, uh, the page of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And without faith, we cannot overcome this world system and everything that's in it. And you know what's in the world system? Plagues, disease economic failure, let's get hooked up into God's plan. Spend the time in your word, in the Bible, reading it, and be quickened in your spirit to rise up and be be like Jesus, like your master in the earth. Don't forget, if there's anything uh, you want us to pray for, please uh, please email us at podcast at KathyBixel.com. and we are praying for you here. We, we We say shalom over your family, that the blood of the Lamb is keeping you safe and secure as you apply it and as you believe in it in this hour. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Kathy Bixell Podcast. For more information about Kathy, her upcoming itinerary, media resources, and more, visit kathybixell.com. Again, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. The Kathy Bixell Podcast is produced by Newgate Media Copyright 2020.